1 Corinthians chapter 14. Get Psalm 9 as well. 1 Corinthians 14 and Psalm 9. Both of those places together. A lot of ground to cover this morning. Many verses to read together. And so we'll move quickly as best we can. 1 Corinthians 14 and Psalm 9. These will help introduce our topic this morning. Continuing where we left off last Sunday, reading first from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and then immediately after that from Psalm 9. 1 Corinthians 14, verse number 33. 1 Corinthians 14, 33, look what the Bible says. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. God is not the author of confusion. Psalm 917, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Uh, I believe it is an undeniable fact that there is much confusion in society today. We could elaborate on that for quite some time, but suffice it to say, our society is confused. If you don't see that, perhaps you also are confused, but the Bible tells us that God is not the author of confusion, and so the confusion we see in society is evidence that our society has forsaken God. In fact, what is taking place in our society is completely predictable. It is exactly in line with what God said would happen if we abandon Him and disregard Him and forsake Him and reject Him. If God's not the author of confusion, but you don't want God, what you'll get is confusion. And the fact that society is so confused, it just follows with the direction that we're headed, and that direction is as far away from God as possible. Remember Israel in the Old Testament, God gave them the law, the sets of statutes and ordinances and commandments by which they were to live, and then he clearly laid out the consequences. This is what will happen if you keep the law. This is what will happen if you violate the law. If you keep it, I'll bless you with peace and prosperity and health and safety and all of these blessings that God promised. If you rebel against me, if you worship false gods, then your enemies will come in. And you'll have uh, plagues and famine and pestilence and you'll be removed from the land. And read the history of the Old Testament. And exactly what God said would happen is exactly what took place. And it's similar today. America is not a nation with a covenant relationship to God, but there are things the Bible says will happen when you abandon God, and they are exactly what is happening in our nation because as a nation we have abandoned God. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all nations that forget God. I'm not trying to say that America is or was a Christian nation, 
but you cannot deny the fact that it was founded by men who feared God. And by and large, over the course of its history, people acknowledged God and feared God. They might not have been saved, but they were more biblical in their lives than many saved people in the present day. But those days are gone, and the consequences are playing out in very predictable fashion according to the Bible. Now, one aspect of this full-scale rejection of God is the matter of absolute truth. And that's our topic for this morning. Last week, we contrasted a couple of differing worldviews, a biblical worldview and a secular worldview. And a biblical worldview holds to the reality and the existence of absolute truth, but the secular uh, worldview results in a a relativistic mindset. It values more than truth, inclusivity, and adheres to relativism. So we'll continue uh, that discussion this morning. John 18 is our next passage. John chapter 18. Turn with me there. John 18. This is Christ standing before Pontius Pilate uh, leading up to his crucifixion. John chapter 18 and verse number 33. Turn quickly to John 18 and we'll begin in verse number 33. The Bible says, Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. But it's a heavenly kingdom, a spiritual kingdom. We are not called to wage physical warfare. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, the pulling down of strongholds. Jesus makes this very clear even in speaking to Pilate. Uh, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now, but now is my kingdom not from hence. Now one day it will be. Jesus Christ will uh, return and a sword coming out of his mouth and he will wage war and, and vanquish his foes and conquer his enemies and establish his kingdom on the earth. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to participate in that. You've got to get on the right side of that now. Verse 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Very interesting. Verse number 38. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews, and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. So Christ makes the statement in verse 37, I came to bear witness to the truth. Jesus Christ is all about the truth. In verse 38, Pilate's response was dismissive. It was flippant. It was, what is truth? And notice that Pilate did not stick around to get the answer to the question. He asked the question and then he walked away. Now, I understand that people have questions, but there are answers to the questions that people have. And the problem is that when you seek to provide the answers to those questions, you find out that people don't really have questions. What they have is excuses. What they have are justifications 
for why they're not subject to the truth. People today act just like Pilate. They ask the question, then they walk away before you have an opportunity to give the answer. So let's talk about truth. Truth is that which agrees with or conforms to fact or reality. Truth presupposes reality. If you don't believe in truth, then you don't believe, if you don't believe that truth exists, you don't believe reality exists. Okay? And there are dis- there's a disturbingly high number of people in our country who've been brought up on social media and worldly entertainment and government education who don't believe or at least question whether or not truth and thereby reality even exists. Let me give you a couple headlines this morning for you to think about. This one says, the majority of young Americans say there is no absolute truth. This is from the Christian Post, November 3rd, 2022. Listen to this. While most American adults believe in absolute truth, a new poll shows the majority of adults under 30 don't. The poll, produced in partnership with polling firm McLaughlin & Associates, was conducted from October 12 to 17 among 1,000 likely general election voters nationwide. Researchers found that 60% of 956 respondents who gave a definite, I'm sorry, a definitive answer to the question expressed a belief in absolute truth, while 40% said each person determines their own version of the truth, 4% said they don't know. But a breakdown of the poll results by age group shows the younger an adult is, the less likely they are to believe in absolute truth. For adults younger than 30, 55% say that they believe each person determines their own version of the truth. While 42% said they believe in absolute truth. That is a scary statistic. 55% of adults under the age of 30 said they do not believe in absolute truth. We're not going to take the time to turn to Isaiah 59, but the statement in that passage is this. Truth is fallen in the streets. Truth is fallen in the streets. And it was used by Isaiah as descriptive of his day, but I believe we can make application to what we see as we look around uh, trying to walk circumspectly this morning. Truth is fallen in the street. And the alternative absolute truth that we mentioned last week is relativism. Relativism. This is the philosophical position that all points of view are equally va- valid and that truth is relative to the individual. See if this sounds familiar this morning. You need to speak your truth. You need to live your truth. You need to find your truth. You need to be true to yourself. Each person determines their own version of truth. All of that, all of that is relativism. Relativism is is very easily refuted because relativism is self-refuting. You don't have to refute it. It refutes itself. You don't have to prove it false. It proves itself false. Relativism is 
self-refuting. There's no honest, logical way to argue for this position. Let me illustrate just with the statements that define it, okay? Here, here is a statement that defines relativism. Are you ready for it? It's this. There are no absolute truths. Does anybody see a problem with that? Are you absolutely sure there are no absolute truths? The very statement itself is an absolute statement. And if the statement is true that there are no absolute truths, then the statement itself is false. You see what I mean? The the position is self-refuting. It cannot be logically defended. If there are no absolute truths, then you can't believe anything absolutely, including relativism. If relativism is true, then that means what's true for you and true for me might be different, and my truth says it's not true. (laughs) It's a self-refuting position. Let me give you another statement that's similar and show the same thing. All truth is relative. That's what relativism says. But if all truth is relative, then the statement itself would be absolutely true. And if the statement itself is absolutely true, then all truth is not relative. Don't think too hard. I know it's fairly early on Sunday morning. But it, it can't stand the philosophy, the position, the... The mindset, it, it can't be logically defended. Now, people can choose to believe it, and many do, but they must admit that their alternative, I'm sorry, there are ulterior motives for why they believe it. Okay? What this comes down to is that there are different forms of relativism. You can go and make your way to Romans chapter 1. We'll get there in a minute. Different forms of relativism. The kind of absolute relativism we've discussed so far is something called cognitive relativism, which affirms that all truth is relative. There's absolutely no objective reality. Again, if, if, if there's no truth, what you're saying is there's no reality. Fortunately, there are few, though far too many, who adhere to this level of relativism. Most people, at least when pressed, would recognize that we do, in fact, live in a real world. I hope you're there this morning. Okay? But where did this more than 50% of people who say the truth is relative come from? They're not actually arguing for cognitive relativism. They're arguing for moral relativism or ethical relativism. They're, They're making an argument for no absolute truth because they want to be able to pretend there's no absolute right and absolute wrong. That's what it comes down to. Another headline, this one from the Washington Times, October 20, 2021. Poll, most Americans say truth is subjective. There is no absolute right and wrong. 
Newly released data from pollster George Barna confirms most Americans do not believe in an absolute difference between right and wrong. The analysis of results from American Worldview Inventory 2021, a representative sampling of 2,000 adults from the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University, shows that 54% of the survey's participants embrace the postmodern idea that all truth is subjective and there are no moral absolutes. Why do people say that truth is relative? Because they want it's, it's not because they don't think reality exists. It's because they want to be free from all these moral restrictions that a biblical worldview has unfairly and unjustly um, placed upon them. Now, that's, that's their position, not mine. Romans chapter 1 sheds light on what's taking place. Place. Romans 1, verse number 18, the Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened, and professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. What did verse 18 say? It said that men hold the truth. Men know that there is truth. The reason they want to suppress that truth, the reason they want to deny that truth, the reason they want to pretend that that truth does not exist is because there's something inside of them that understands that if there's absolute truth, there's a source of absolute truth. If there's a source of absolute truth, they're accountable to the one who established it. And that's something Romans 1 tells us they don't like to retain in their knowledge. The issue is not whether or not we can perceive reality. The issue is whether we are willing to be subject to the one who defines truth and defines what's right and what's wrong. Come to Proverbs chapter number one. It's it's not so much a cognitive relativism that's pervasive in our culture today, so much as it is Moral relativism. People pretend they believe in some form of cognitive relativism, but it all comes down to uh, being subject to the judgment of God. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse number 7. Those of you who have gone down to UCF to witness and pass out tracts can back up what I'm saying this morning. People are educated to the point where they don't think that you can know anything, which is... Slightly ironic, I would say. Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. What is the beginning of knowledge? The fear of God. You can't begin to know until you acknowledge God. Now, this is what we call the presuppositional apologetic. It goes like this. Truth exists, and the very existence of truth argues for the existence of God. Without God, you can't know anything. 
Because apart from a biblical worldview, there is no way to account for the existence of truth and the existence of logic and the existence of reasoning. It makes no sense for laws to govern the universe and laws to govern logic. That makes no sense from a secularist, evolutionary, atheistic perspective. Uh, the people who believe in those philosophies try to reason them out, but relying on reason is borrowing from a biblical worldview because if this is all a gigantic accident, there's no way to account for it. We're not going to go any further down that road this morning, uh, but suffice it to say from Proverbs chapter 1, without God you can't know anything because there's no way to account for truth and logic and reasoning outside the biblical world view. Now, with the little bit of time we have left, let's just study what the Bible says about truth, running a number of references in quick succession. Come with me to Deuteronomy chapter 32, Deuteronomy chapter number 32. Reality exists. We're in it. We're experiencing it. It's all around us. It's very real. We'd better take it seriously. Just as real as this life is the next one. And thankfully, we have a way to know what is true and what is false and what is right and what is wrong because the God who's the source of truth and established truth has revealed truth through our conscience, through creation, but ultimately through the scripture. We can read it and know it and know truth and know him and know our eternal destiny. Praise the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse number 4. The Bible says uh, he, he, God, in verse 3, he is the rock, capital R. His work is perfect for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. He is a God of truth. Truth will lead you to God. God will lead you to truth. He's the source of truth. He defines truth. He reveals truth. And he always does what is right. Come to Exodus 34, a little bit further back in your Bible. Exodus 34, verse number 6. Exodus 34. In verse 6, the Bible says, And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. God's truth is abundant. And his goodness is abundant. This is the preface to the law that he gave the children of Israel on Mount Sinai. He's about to... Uh, He's about to lay out the way that they are to live and conduct themselves and govern their life in the land that God had promised them. But the, the, the introduction, the preface to that states that the God who's telling you how to live is a good God. And He's a true God. You can love Him and you can trust Him and it'll be best for you. He has your best interest at heart. be best for you to submit to His truth come it's not not your truth or my truth it's god's truth 
It belongs to him. And we've got to line ourselves up with his truth. Come to Psalm 100. Psalm 100 and verse number 5. Psalm 100 and verse 5. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, look at this, and His truth endureth to all generations. Truth does not change. Truth does not shift. Truth does not adapt to the culture. Truth does not morph over time. Truth is not dependent on the circumstances. Truth is not dependent on the society. Truth is not defined by the majority. God's truth endureth to all generations. If it was true 100 years ago, it's true today. If it's true today, it'll be true tomorrow. Truth is unchanged and unchanging, just as God is immutable in his character. His truth endureth to all generations. Psalm 119, 160 is a great cross-reference. Thy word is true from the beginning, and all thy righteous judgments endure forever. Psalm 119, Verse 160. Come with me to John 17. John 17. He's a God of truth. He's abundant in truth. His truth endures. Where can we go to find that truth? John 17. Verse 17. Christ praying to his Father in the upper room on the eve of his crucifixion. And this is what he says in John 17 and verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. Truth is contained in the word of God. Truth is found in the word of God. Truth is defined by the Word of God. And if you'll get in it and let it get in you, it will have a sanctifying, a purifying, a cleansing influence on your life. We're often accused of being brainwashed. It's meant as an insult. It's meant in a derogatory way. I take it as a compliment. I'm glad that my brain is clean. I'm glad that my brain is not dirty. I'm glad my brain is not defiled. I'm glad that my mind has been purged and purified by the truth of the word of God. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Look at John 14 verse number 6. John 14 and verse 6. Same scene, a little bit earlier in the evening. And Jesus saith unto him, that's Thomas, I am the way, the truth. You see, not a truth, not one of many hundreds of truths, not your truth, not my truth. Jesus said, I am the truth, definitive article, one and only one. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Truth is defined in the person of Jesus Christ. Truth is revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is truth itself. Come to 1 Timothy 3.15. 1 Timothy chapter 3. 
verse 15. It's an important verse. 1 Timothy 3, verse 15. The Bible says, But if I tarry long, thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. Look at this. The pillar and ground of the truth. The church of God. That's saved people. That's local congregations of saved people. The church is the pillar and ground of the the truth. So truth is defined by the scripture. Truth is revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. Truth is perpetuated by the truth of God. We are, we, we are the guardians of truth and we are the ones who are to declare the truth to a generation who has abandoned God and forsaken truth and become very confused as a result. The church is the pillar and ground of truth. God has placed his truth within us. We have Jesus Christ. We have the Holy Scriptures. It is incumbent upon us to live by this truth, to preserve this truth, to proclaim this truth for, 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 for our children, for our children's children, for the society at large. The church is the pillar and ground of truth. Now here's what the Bible says. We'll look at Philippians chapter 2. And we'll wrap it up this morning. Here's what we ought to do with the truth. We ought to buy the truth. Proverbs 23 says, buy the truth and sell it not. That is, that is pursue it, obtain it, pay whatever it costs to make sure that you have it. Buy the truth and sell it not. We ought to know the truth, John 8, 32. Jesus said, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Know the truth. We ought to believe the truth. 1 Timothy 4 and verse number 3. By the truth, know the truth, believe the truth. And then in Zechariah eight sixteen, love the truth. Zechariah eight sixteen says, love the truth. In Proverbs 3, verse 3, keep the truth. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Buy the truth. Know the truth. Believe the truth. Love the truth. Keep the truth. Speak the truth. In Ephesians 4, 15 and 25. Speaking the truth in love. Wherefore, putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. Speak the truth. In Philippians 4, 8. Think the truth. Don't believe everything you think. Subject your thoughts to the truth of the Word of God. Whatsoever things are true, Philippians 4 says, think on these things and then walk in the truth. Psalm 86, verse 11. Psalm 86, verse 11. Walk in the truth. Now, Philippians 2, 15 and 16 to close this morning. Philippians 2, verse number 15. Look what the Bible says here. Philippians 2, 15. That ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. 
we'll finish where we started. We live in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. We live in a society that is very, very confused. How are we going to stand? How are we going to let our light shine? How are we going to honor God in this kind of environment? How are we going to be biblical, victorious Christians when we're surrounded by so much depravity and so much perverseness? Verse 16, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Truth doesn't change. Our position shouldn't change. The only way to live for God today is the only way that there's been to live for God throughout the history, the 2,000 years of the existence of God's church. Stand on the truth, believe the truth, declare the truth, don't conform to the culture, conform to the image of the Son of God, hold forth the word of life. Read the Bible, believe the Bible, live by the Bible, stand on the Bible, make up your mind that you don't care what anybody else says, you care what God says, let him define the truth and then live by his truth. We live in a real world. There's a real eternity. There's a real heaven. There's a real hell. There are real consequences. And we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word in the person of Jesus Christ. I'm glad we don't have to be confused. I'm glad there is absolute truth and we can know it. And we can make it the basis of our lives. So let's do that. Father, thank you so much for your word and uh, this time to study it. Uh, God, give us clarity. These things help us to be able and willing, uh, Lord, to, to represent you. And, uh, Lord, to stand for the truth and make it the foundation of our lives. And we love you. In Jesus' name.